Hello and welcome to Rocket Accelerated Geek Conversation. This episode is brought to you by Casper and Blue Apron. Yes. I'm Simone de Rochefort, video producer at Polygon.com, and I'm joined today by Democratic candidate for Congress, Brianna Wu, and senior cloud developer advocate, Christina Warren. Ooh. <laughs> Surprise, I have a new title again. Sorry, Simone, I'm messing up your, uh, your mojo. I can't decide if this one is easier or harder than the last one. <laughs> Brianna's still we- winning because, like, you're two, Brianna, you're two for two on titles that are really hard to say. Yeah, no, that's my that's my goal for you. So, Christine, I don't know if you listened to last week's show, but I asked Simone to go through and name all the titles you've had over the course of recording the show. <laughs> oh, can we please better. like recap that? Can, yeah, can you please? Tell me sure, all of them, right. Christina. So you started off with Mashable <laughs> as well. Yeah, I think so. I think when we started doing the show, I don't know if I was senior tech correspondent then, or, or if I was senior tech analyst. I might have been senior tech correspondent, senior tech analyst. I, yeah, I think, I think it was I, the first. Yeah. I, th- I think it was senior tech analyst. Then I was senior tech correspondent. Then I was senior reporter at Gizmodo. Now I'm. Then I was senior uh, content project manager at Microsoft. Now I'm senior cloud developer advocate at Microsoft. I think senior content project manager is the worst one you've had so far. Um, senior tech correspondent. That's just great. You should have just stayed there. I'm sorry. <laughs> just say, no, you're not wrong. Started that's from a great the top title. and now we're here. <laughs> I think, I think when you go in for like your, 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 you know, quarterly like performance review meetings, I think Simone should be there to like, just to help you make choices with no, your I career agree. from I this agree. step forward. Yeah. And, and, and I, I'm going to bring up to them. I'm going to say, I, you know, I know that you really are kind of, you know, tied to this whole cloud developer advocate thing. You're building out a whole team where that's what we are. We're, we're advocates, you know, we're, we're doing this, we're doing that. But I really think that I should be, uh, I should be senior cloud developer correspondent uh, <laughs> or something like that. You're like counterpoint, um, whatever to this. <laughs> yeah, no, and 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 I think that they'll probably say, yeah, no, we're 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 gonna go along with what with what this technically is. the The funny thing is that my actual title, like if you were to look at my job description, is not actually senior uh, cloud developer advocate. It's something like senior content engineer or something. They just have it then a different like layman's title. It's oh. all very complicated <laughs> and funny. But I'm but I'm making it easy for you, Simone, senior cloud developer advocate. Thank you. I know the truth about what you are. <laughs> Senior. So I feel I feel like as long as we are opening the show with the the you know the airing of grievances against Christina yeah, oh, Warren, yeah. I I have I have some professional problems with you, Christina. Okay, um, please tell me. I feel I feel like you went down to Disney this week and you respected yourself and you <laughs> respected Disney World. And I feel I feel like that's not that's not the the deal that we made know, on the show. I know. Like Simone I, I, was here. Everybody, and- look, look, I really tried to get arrested both right. times I was at Universal Studios. I'm really sorry I didn't go to Universal Jail. And you know what? The second time I was there, like it was for the, the, this big party, Microsoft, like had all the I- attendees at Ignite there. They had alcohol for us. They had like beers. They had ciders. Like it was a good time. And, and I still didn't get kicked out. So I, that's, I'm so sorry that I've let the whole, the whole show down. I've let the, the listeners down. You deserve to air your grievances at me. I'm really sorry. You know what but it, it is? It gets worse. It's that you're it gets a senior. Worse. Oh, it gets worse. Right. It gets worse. So Alex Morgan is like a soccer superstar woman. Like she's yeah. been to the Olympics. And uh, she was at Epcot. And she was at a pub at the UK area of Epcot for eight hours and got beyond tanked. 
and started being really belligerent and was escorted out by Disney security. And like she's hero, ranting. Hero. And, right. Right. And like, it's just going off about like SWAT teams and stuff. And <laughs> this is what upsets me about this professionally, Christina. I feel like if you had applied yourself, there would be YouTube right now of Christina Warren up next to Elsa on the frozen ride at Norwegian part of Epcot, like up there just screaming, let it go, like singing it with robot (laughs) Elsa. And I don't have that memory and that joy now, and neither do the children, and neither does Simone. Like, you let Simone down. And I basically am the children, so like... You are the children. I'm so sorry. No, when I saw the (laughs) Alex Morgan thing, and it was one of a... It was a listener who pointed this out to me. I, uh, I felt really bad. I was like, I failed everyone. (laughs) <laughs> Except yeah. for perhaps, you know, my, my, my employer and, and my coworkers, I think they're probably all pleased, but, right. but, but let's be honest. I don't do that for, I, I, I don't do this for them. I do it for all of you and I let you all down. So <laughs> next trip I take, I vow to somehow get myself in trouble. I, mean, okay, I, 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 I will make good on it. That's really okay. the least that we could ask of you. And I appreciate your willingness to hear what we have to say and, um, taking responsibility for yourself, Christina. I really appreciate that. S- moving on to the hot new toy. <laughs> we all have SNES classics, except yes, mine technically belongs to Polygon.com. Oh. But the I think the most surprising thing about this is that on launch day, people were actually able to get them in stores, <laughs> even though the online ordering was a hot garbage mess. Uh, for many months, uh, people were actually able to just line up at stores at opening and get SNES classics on open on launch day, which is pretty cool. It is. I mean, it's almost like Nintendo had it together. They didn't. And I, I still like. I'm still not on team. Nintendo just underestimated all their orders before, like with the Amiibo oh, no, and with the NES. I'm still not no. convinced that they don't nope. cause or that yeah that they don't cause shortages, artificial shortages, but. They have found a good balance of having a shortage of consoles, but making people feel like they have a chance, which is it's growth. You go, Nintendo. You know, I was going to say it's growth and and we got ours and and and, 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 and selfishly, <laughs> that's all I care about. You all. No, I mean, I want everybody out there in the listening audience to, to have it, too. But no, I mean, you know, it, it definitely seemed like it was easier. They are still going for like something stupid, like one hundred and fifty two dollars. On Amazon, so you know, double the price. It was three hundred when I looked at it today. Holy so crap. yeah. Wow. So how in love with it are you? Oh my god, I'm so excited. Oh, I'm so it's, excited. It's freaking amazing. It's freaking so so I guess as long as we're airing grievances, yeah. Like Simone, I want I want our listeners to know what you said about this in chat. You said, uh-huh. okay, quote, I wouldn't call it breaking news. <laughs> The Super yeah. Nintendo. And ah, I just, ah, I I found that mm-hmm. hurtful. I, I uh, found that hurtful. And yeah, uh, this is breaking news. This is our top story this week because the Super Nintendo is just that awesome. I'm sorry, breaking and- news. Brianna Wu <laughs> likes the Super Nintendo that we've been excited for for six yes. months. 
I know it's stunning. It's stunning. <laughs> no, it's it's great. Like the controllers are perfect. Yeah, the uh, controllers are really close to the original because I actually have I, I I bought an original you know a couple weeks ago. I told you guys on Rocket, um, and and I have one that's with an old friend, uh, John John. Send me mine back. Um, but you know I was able to kind of con- compare them and like the weight even it's close. It's it's not one hundred percent, but it's close. I do think the cables are still too why, short. Though. I agree. Why don't they make? They're not even as long as the original cables. I know because we did like a big comparison and we had the original cable all coiled up, which like, were th- those were like ten feet. So yeah, so much although, longer. I agree. Although at least they're longer than the NES classics were. So <laughs> is it is it because the console itself is? Smaller? No, it shouldn't be that. No, it, that that should have nothing to do with it. I don't know if they're afraid. I mean, technically, of, of it me- wouldn't. But is that like their logic? Is that everything is going to be smaller? No, I mean, I have no idea if they're afraid of like the USB length. If they're thinking if it goes too, because I assume that at the end of it, it's basically a USB. I mean, they're using the the same port that you use on the Wii um, U. But I, I, I assume, um, you know, that, that it ends up kind of being a, a USB type of thing. I don't know if they're afraid of, of the digital signal, like getting, you know, um, uh, too, too long of being a problem. But yet, I don't think that's it because third party companies have sold extender cables. Yeah. Um, and, and obviously, um, you know, uh, the Bluetooth adapters are working with and people people have been able to build Bluetooth adapters for them. So I don't know what the deal is. Maybe it's cheapness. I don't know. <laughs> I, I have no clue. It it definitely affects the the enjoyment of the console and like it's not like there's not a, a stable hack of the SNES uh, classic out yet. Uh, one of the main reasons to do that on the NES Mini was uh, just the fact that you could press down and select at the same time and go back to the main menu. Like that is ninety yeah. percent of the feature for doing that. And it's yeah. it's a real pain in the butt with the SNES uh, Classic. So mm-hmm. I I definitely will hold that against them. Although yeah. I think down and select didn't that only work on the I thought that only worked on the Bluetooth controllers. I didn't remember that working on the full controller. Uh, it works on, yeah, no, I was testing it. I was playing with it uh, just today. So, yeah, okay, interesting. Yeah, I, no, I don't want to say, oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, sorry. I was going to say, I agree with you. Not having a way to go back to the main menu is annoying. You know, having to get up to press, press reset, that's, that is frustrating. I, I would say that, you know, one of my big issues with it is, I uh, how can I put this? I think in between the controller length and, uh yeah, the CRT, like the scan line filters, yeah. all of that, it's it's really good. Like definitely putting in scan line mode. I feel like it hides a lot of the, the pixel errors of mm-hmm. it. And overall, I think the selection of games here is really, really good. Uh, but, you know, it's like, was anybody really asking for super ghouls and ghosts? Because I wasn't. <laughs> yeah, like, no, I've, I wasn't either. I don't like that game. <laughs> For yeah. the most part, I think the game collection, you know, was was solid. I would have much rather seen, you know, I, I don't think that we needed uh, two Kirby games um, mm. at all. Like, 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 I, you know, I, I'm with you. I, I, I frankly, I would have been fine without a Kirby game at all. But one would have been fine, right? Um, I don't think we need two Kirby's. I don't think we need the Super Rules and Ghosts. Like, I would have in its place much rather had like Illusions of Gaia or yep. um, like because that's one of my favorite kind of action RPGs or you know, maybe a sports game because, you know, they were able to get Tecmo Bowl um, on the uh, uh, NES Classic. It would have been cool to have, like, you know, one of the Madden games. I mean, I know it would have cost them money, oh, but wow. whatever. You know, like, that would have been cool. Or, like, NBA Jam, like, that would have been cool. Oh, or, my honestly, God. or honestly, <laughs> like, the, the only one that, that, to me, was the real standout because they did, uh, they have a lot of really good Square stuff. You know, they have Final Fantasy VI slash 3. They have Secret of Mana. 
um, there's no Chrono Trigger and Chrono Trigger and, and, and really the, R- the, uh, the RPG the entire world is upset about that well I mean the RPG selection is really solid right you've got Mario, mm-hmm. Super Mario RPG you have Legend of Zelda Link to the Past you have Earthbound which is my favorite Super Nintendo game of all time. Uh, you really? have. I've, I've only played it enough to rent it in the '90s. Is it worth going back through and actually finishing? I it? love it. I don't know. It's the game that made me fall in love with RPGs. Oh. Um. So part of it might be nostalgia based, but I've played it as an adult and I've really right. enjoyed it. I just love the quirky humor. Um. You know, but, but they also have you know uh, Final Fantasy VI, like I said, and uh, and Secret of Mana. So there's a good RPG s- selection, but I really think that Chrono Trigger would have rounded it out because that was like peak rpg mm-hmm. you know that that was like i think like the the penultimate of, of like the of the 16-bit era of, of that kind of rpg was that and i don't think you really got an rpg as good it was probably final fantasy 7 before you saw anything that was in my opinion that 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 you know was as good as chrono trigger i think one of the big shortfalls of this machine is if you didn't grow up in that era, so like your 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 you know contra three skills, if they aren't already solid, like if you're right. like say if you're a parent and you're trying to introduce your child to these games, there's no two player game that doesn't either require like a lot of work to unlock the two player feature, like Secret of Mana. Like that's an easy game once you level yeah. everyone up to a certain degree, but you've got to unlock that. Uh, you know, contra three way too hard for people that didn't grow up in this era, right? It's just brutally mm-hmm. hard well, and there's Kong no Country. 30 life. I'm sorry? Donkey Kong Country is two-player and it's either cooperative yeah, or versus. Fair. No, wait. That's so fair. I, and I, I realized the Donkey Kong Country game that I played was Dixie Kong's Double Trouble. So we yeah, tried that, to play a, a bit one. of uh, Donkey Kong Country. And is it, do you have to swap back and forth between who's yes. in control? Yeah, that to me is kind of a a barrier to it, especially if you're learning or say yes. trying to frantically remember what the controls are. Like the fact that I couldn't follow along with someone that it had to either be another player or me was difficult. Yeah. That being said, that's, you know, an old game thing and it's not going to be hard for me to freaking remember how to play Donkey Kong Country. But yeah, I think I think it is. It would be nice if there were more games from that era that you could play with two players just straight up. How about Final Fight? That's a great game for two that players. How about um, Turtles in Time? Yeah, Turtles in Time. Although Mario Kart's there. And yeah. Mario Kart oh, Mario is Kart's like fantastic. the ultimate multiplayer game. And, it never and that's changes. Great, it's know, always perfect. Yeah, uh, Mario Kart is perfect. Um, but yeah, and speaking of Donkey Kong, that's another one. Like rather than two Kirby games, why didn't we have two more Donkey Kongs? Donkey Kong. Like I would right. have had Donkey because I, I I do agree with people. Like I remember when I wrote a post for Gizmodo last year where we put like our our list of thirty games. People said, "Well, why are you listing Donkey Kong Country not Donkey Kong Country Two? Uh, Dixie's you know Quest or whatever." And I was like, "Oh, good call." I mean, in my mind, it was just like, "Well, you got to include the original." But honestly, I would have DKC Two was 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 really really good. Yeah, um, if you're gonna do multiple Kirby's, why not multiple Donkey Kongs? Do you think that Nintendo will release a Donkey Kong song? Uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, they they. Yeah, they did. Well, you know, they did um, for the 64. There was a special edition uh, 64 that came with the stupid drums and um, uh, like, a, um, uh, you know, what, what, what are the things that you like hold up in your hand and shake? Uh, maracas. What are those called? Maracas. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they, they had like the maracas and like some drum thing that went with the Donkey Kong 64 game. Um, so there was one in, in okay, like 19, Did they call in, it like, a Donkey Kong soul? They did not, which was okay, a huge opportunity. missed opportunity. 
But, but no, and, and Dixie, that Dixie Kong's thing, that was actually Donkey Kong Country 3. Uh, Donkey Kong Country 2 is Diddy Kong's quest. And, and that one, the Diddy Kong one was my favorite. The Donkey Kong Country 3, Dixie Kong's Double Trouble, that was fine. But, but I really think that probably the peak Donkey Kong was DKC2. Although I, I remember because I was really young when the original Donkey Kong Country came out and Nintendo was hyping that thing so big that Nintendo Power, I remember getting a videotape in the mail along with the issue where they like showed off what they were doing at rare studios and, and, and wherever the place in Vancouver or, or, you know, uh, nearby where I live now, um, you know, where they were doing the work to do the, 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 the 3d modeling and, and kind of going behind the scenes and like how excited I was like, they, like that was like a huge deal. Like, you know, Donkey Kong Country was a huge deal. And so that, that was cool to see. I, I have to be honest. I can't get into that game. I don't think the gameplay is that good. You don't and like the Donkey Kong? I realize Kong? that makes me... I don't. I don't. I don't. The jumps are just floaty. And yeah. I've, I've never been that into rare games in general. So really? Just, I've oh, never wow. been on that Interesting. train. I'm sorry. Don't judge me. You don't, know, I don't, 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 you don't know, tweet that, me. That, that, don't that's totally me. fine. I mean, to each their own. There's there's this one part in Donkey Kong Country where it's, I think, like the, the second or third level. But what ends up happening is that it starts to rain. And you start swinging on ropes. And if you have Donkey and Diddy together, it's the cutest thing because Diddy is like curled up in Donkey Kong's arms as you're like swinging in the rain. And it's so cute. Aww. And I just remember like, 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 like 10 year old me just being like in love with the cuteness of Donkey Kong, like cradling Diddy as they were like swinging through the rain. And also just, you know, the, the sound effects and like that that thing, the graphics for that era were to me so impressive, but to each their own. I mean, you know, if you're not into rare games, Brie, that's fine. I, I was a total rare head. I, I'm just giving my opinion there. I, I did like Perfect Dark quite quite a bit in Goldeneye. I was going to yeah. say, I was going to say, it would have been weird if you weren't into Perfect Dark. Like that, honestly, knowing you, like that would, like, especially like Revolution 60, like that would be weird if you weren't into Perfect <laughs> yeah, Dark, honestly. Yeah, played, there's actually several lines from Perfect Dark in uh, Revolution 60. But so, uh, you know, I think the game selection overall it's it's good. So I want I want you to fess up, Christina. Did you hack your NES Mini? Because I, didn't. I did. Yeah, I didn't. You have I, to. I, I I wanted to, but I was kind of afraid. Um, and 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 then I moved. I think once it got easier, but but I I was sort of afraid to do it. But but if you did it, and if you and if yours survived, then I might do oh, it. Yeah, it lets you back up like the entire kernel before you do it, so you can flash it and put it back into a state. And oh, nice! I mean, it's kind That's of awesome. annoying because you go into a subfolder and like all the games are in there, but it doesn't it doesn't mess it up in any way. And as best as I can tell, all of the NES games uh, that you put on there, they play just as perfectly. Like Contra, yeah. you know, really obscure games like Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Uh, they're like, it's, it's definitely something to do to like make your ultimate console because like you should be able to play Chrono Trigger. With you this. should. Like, oh, well, and, and what, and what they've done, um, people did a teardown and apparently the guts on the super Nintendo classic and the guts on the Nintendo classic are identical. Yeah. Like they didn't change anything. So presumably the way that you, you know, maybe, maybe they've, they've changed some software stuff, but presumably the way to hack it should be the same. Well, that's good and bad because like the 300 meg limit, you know, that means nothing on NES. Like you can literally dump every game ever made on there and it's, it's ill, it will fit Uh, for SNES. That's going to go a lot quicker. So, uh, but you know, it's not like I don't have legal copies of these games around. I just want to throw it in my bag when I, you know, travel. Well, that's the thing. That's like, that's why I built my own Raspberry Pi. 
exactly last year. Exactly. And yeah. I, like you, I have a lot of these legal copies. I mean, maybe not physically in my possession, but in my parents' house. And and I have no problem even I wouldn't even have a problem buying the cartridges, but you're right. It's like who wants to drag around Right. You know, a 30-year-old console, <laughs> like no one. Yeah. Like, you're just not going to do it. Because because you get, you're going to get to your hotel or wherever you're staying, you're like, all right, does this have composite cable? <laughs> you know? But blow on the cartridge. Like I packed all these cartridges with me to go. No, I like want to pack it along. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to, you know, I'm going to make my own with like, I'll probably buy a second one just to like keep the first in pristine, you know, order. That's a good and idea. That, I might do that, that too. Yeah. That'll keep be the one I put like, case. yeah, yeah. Just keep it, keep it like a vanilla condition. So Simone, I'm really interested in what you think about this. I'm going to tell you my favorite freaking thing about the SNES launch so far, which is that we recorded a capture of Star Fox 2, which mm-hmm. is just too old for me. And we recorded capture of just going through the menus and the menu music and just flipping through the main menu of the console itself and then through the customization settings. And that menu video, this literally just menus and the nice little catchy jingle got more views (laughs) than the footage of the game that was never released and was a legend (laughs) forever, a sequel to one of the most like uh, iconic Nintendo games of history. The SNES classic menus only video the thing that I'm oh most proud of in my entire life. <laughs> Congrats. That's so Simone. funny. You're not wrong about Star Fox, though. It's not, I had never played it. Like, I played it for five minutes it's, at Matt Ryan's yeah, house one great. time. And it's, I I mean, I enjoyed playing through it once, but I beat it the very first try, and I don't see any reason to ever play it again. I mean. Yeah. Well, I think the thing with Star Fox, for a lot of us, at least for me, I can only speak for myself, is that even though I played it on the Super Nintendo it because of the graphics, even though they were revolutionary at the time and it had that super effects chip and and you know what they were doing again with like the 3D space stuff was really interesting. I wasn't that into the game. The game I was into was Star Fox 64. And yeah. so I think that for a lot of us, when you think about Star Fox, like for me, like it really starts with Star Fox that's 64. One, that's when yeah. you had the that's when you had the voice acting. That's when you had do a barrel roll. That's when you had, you know, like 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 Peppy, you know, yelling and 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 Val, you know, you had like all the the the, the characters in a way that you just didn't have them in the Super Nintendo version, plus the graphics were significantly better. So I, I think, and, and then, you know, as time has gone on, you know, for GameCube and, and, and other platforms, you know, they've had subsequent Star Fox games that have kind of built off of that. And so I think that the nostalgia, at least for me, doesn't really go to the original. It goes to the 64 version. So like I wasn't, even though it was cool, they had an unreleased game like on the console, that in and of itself is awesome. I'm personally, I'm like, eh. You know, I yeah. give, give, give me more RPGs, give me more platformers, you know, give me some of the bad movie tie-in games that that were awful, but I loved, you know, like, I don't know. I think that the RPGs especially, I think, is really where the the Super Nintendo shined yeah. um, yeah. as a console. Star Fox 64 just already looks so much better than Star Fox 2, which I really oh, is yeah. an unfinished game, so I shouldn't judge it based on that, but it's... It's a little, such a well, leap. Well, even, even without that, I mean, you know, you're, you're talking about, like, I think Star Fox was really designed for 3D. And I think that, that it's really clear if, because like, you can make the argument, for instance, Mario and Mario Kart, you know, uh, racing games, platforming games, obviously were enhanced by 3D and Mario mm-hmm. 64 was revolutionary. But you can't say that, like, you know, Super Mario World is a really good game. And Super Mario World 2, you know, the Yoshi game is a really good game, right? Mm-hmm. And, and those are 2D games and they hold up. I think they hold up really well. But um, Star Fox, 
I think really you needed that 3D space. Uh, you know, you needed that extra access to really mm-hmm. kind of take you feeling like you're you're in the cockpit and and doing the turns and having you know the analog stick. You know, like it really just kind of took it to another dimension. Pilot Wings, I think, is kind of the same way. Pilot Wings yeah, 64 definitely. was was one of the launch games with the Nintendo 64, and the Super Nintendo version never did anything for me. But I thought that the six the, the 64 version again, I think having that that extra access, having that extra space really made it something special. But so, it's the mode seven. It makes like the, even Mario Kart really, it feels like I'm yeah. getting epilepsy, like <laughs> looking at it. Cause it's just like, it's all stuttering. It's uncomfortable to, to see, but I, so I'm really interested. Like I, did you get a chance to play many of these games? Cause if this is like your first time through, I'm deeply interested in what you found appealing or not? Like what what was your experience like playing these games? First of all, I had never actually played a Mario Kart game that was this old before. (laughs) And I was uh, confused and stunned uh, with the, uh, the item, the item getting, I was like, what? But no, this was, it was interesting to me how even as a person who didn't grow up with this console, there was still it still hit like a nostalgia center for me that was very strange <laughs> just like of of going over to a friend's house and like playing donkey kong there and like that that memory and um my god i can't even remember what mario game we played but yeah i what i really want from this is i to have a little more time to dig into some of the rpgs that i didn't start yeah. just cuz i know that they are way more of a a time sink and like getting into that the the foundation of RPGs, which is something that has always been a little bit more my my thing than the uh, the kind of the pure mechanic games. Um, although that is oddly something that has been changing as I get older. I'm way more into pure mechanic games than longer games, but but that's kind of what I'm interested in with this, and I want a little more time to do that. No, it makes sense. It makes sense. I I played through Final Fantasy VI again, and you know it was the first time to like play through it beginning to end uh, since like I'd gone into the game industry, which makes you see like mechanics and you know choices with leveling much mm-hmm. much differently. I have to tell you, it is as brilliant a game today as it was when it shipped, and um, you know it's got Terra in it and Celeste. And Realm, like it's got some really good women characters, like some of the best uh, gaming you'd ever seen at that point. So I, it's definitely worth your time. If you and can my friend it. is a, a big Zelda fan was saying the Zelda game without amazing. a link to the past, Zelda would not be a franchise still. No, it wouldn't. No, there's she, your friend is absolutely correct. I mean, I think that you know, Ocarina is is for a lot of people kind of like the definitive game, and nope. but I but I don't think that well, but but I. I for a lot of people, um, but, no, but, but, I agree. Yeah, <laughs> but, but but I but I think that without a link to the past, there's no way that we ever even would have gotten into Ocarina because yeah. a link to the past. Like if you look at the original two Zelda games, you know the for for the NES, they were good, right? But I think that a lot of people, myself included, probably overhype them because of what came after. Whereas I think that, like in my mind, the franchise really starts, you know, to get good and kind of takes over with the link to the past. It's such a good game. I would also say, uh, I, I agree with Brie 100%, you know, play through final fantasy six because it's, you know, they've ported it a bunch of times to other consoles, but they've updated the graphics. And I think that takes away some of it. Mm-hmm. But I would say to everybody out there, if you can get your hands on it. Even if you get the virtual console version, which, which I've done in the past earthbound, 
Mm-hmm. It's just a stunning game. And what's great about Earthbound, I mean, it's not for everybody, but what I love about it, and I think you would like this, Simone, because it's a weird game. I mean, like, it's a weird game. So I like, have it, heard. Um, like, like, like the, in, when it came out in, in 95, it shipped with um, a strategy guide, and the strategy guide came in the box, and it had scratch and stiff snicker, uh, stickers. <laughs> um you know, and, and, and the whole thing is just really weird. Um, like, like when you set it up, you know, you name your pet, you name your characters, you put in your favorite food, you put in your favorite thing. And, and that'll kind of like let you do things when you save, cause it has all the same mechanics of any other RPG, but instead of, you know, like, you know, you have your health points and, and whatnot, but instead of, you know, like gathering like rubies or, or, or whatever, um, your dad puts money in your account in your ATM and, and you save <laughs> and you save money and, and you save by calling your dad on the phone because your dad's always away on business or you, and, and, and when you die, you know, you wake up, you wind up back in your mom's house, like, you know, or at a hospital and there are all kinds of weird side quests, like just a couple of things I was trying to explain to my husband and then we can move on. But like, you know, in the, in kind of the first section, there's like, there's like a runaway jazz band that you have to bail out of jail a couple of times. And there's a cult that takes over a town and paints it blue and kind of kidnaps the children. And there's, Whoa. um, yeah, there's, there's a town where everything is like backwards. So Already everything so is like relatable inverted. to me. All of these things that you're describing. Everything's inverted. Well, the whole thing <laughs> is that like a meteor uh, crashes on earth and, and, and you have to kind of save the world from kind of an alien abduction and, and, and your, your, um, evil next door neighbor, who's also a child is kind of smack in the middle of it but um and along the way you wind up picking up other team members um who do things and and it's just it's a really good game but it's it's weird right like it's it's weird in a way that they don't make games like that they didn't make them then and and they certainly don't make them now and it's one of those things where you know it was i was a huge fan of it when you know, it came out like i remember reading the coverage in nintendo power and in electronic game monthly and i bought it like the day <laughs> it came out but I was like the only one. Like it, it, it was it was a failure to the point that if you had it, saved that, like you could oh, just quit it. your job. And, oh, I still wow. have it. Are yeah. you kidding me? Oh, I still gosh. have it. I saw the strategy guide. Wow. I still have it. Absolutely. Senior Earthbound but, correspondent. <laughs> totally. But but like but the thing is is that um you know uh it kind of developed this cult following and there was supposed to be a sequel for the um, Nintendo sixty four. It was technically for the Nintendo sixty four disc drive and it didn't come out. You know, and Ness, the the main character, he's been you know he's been in Smash and some other games, but like. You know they haven't done another one, and 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 it's a shame. Um, but it's like this cult classic. But it, but if you if you like weird games, because it is a great RPG, but it's just so weird. Like the, like there's there's this band that's kind of like the Beatles. Um, it, it's kind of a riff on them. I mean, the whole it's just a bizarre game in a way that like is just fun. And and I think what it is is that it was like whatever the people in Japan's idea of what America was like, <laughs> you know, and, that'll be and the I, one I, that I, that I check out first then when I, when I, either that or Final Fantasy VI when I do my RPG thing. Yeah, 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 you, you gotta do both of those because they're both great, but I, but I, but I love what Earthbound, it's like, I literally, I do feel like it's like the people in Japan were just like, oh, this is what America's like, it, you know, it's kind of reading Runaway too much pop culture, kind Blue of town. reading too much pop culture stuff, exactly, and you're like, no, not really, you know, but, but, it, but it's just close enough. And, and again, it's, it's because it came out in 95, it is kind of this, for the time, a modern RPG, you know, like, again, you know, like, like I said, the ATM stuff and, mm-hmm. and, and calling and like it, you know, they have video game references. It's, it's just, it's really good. That sounds fantastic. And I, I love it when people do that to America. And this episode <laughs> of Rocket is brought to you by Casper. Casper, the company that created an outrageously comfortable mattress that I'm sitting on right now and it sells directly to consumers eliminating commission-driven inflated prices from the stores 
probably just saving a lot of space too. Like it sucks to have just mattresses, so many mattresses everywhere, except in your home where you need them when they have been delivered in a small box that doesn't take up a lot of space. That's amazing. Their award-winning mattress was developed in-house. It is sleek. It is delivered, as I said, in a small box that stands up very rectangularly, and you think there's no mattress in there. But there is a mattress in there. And in addition to the mattress, Casper now offers an adaptive pillow and soft, breathable sheets. An in-house team of engineers spent thousands of hours developing the Casper mattress. It is obsessively engineered at a shockingly fair price. It's no surprise that it has an average of 4.8 stars across more than 30,000 30, online reviews. Can confirm. It is a super comfy mattress. I've been sleeping on it for... how God, how long has it been now, y'all? And it's been I, a year. I still yeah. make everyone lie on it when they first come over to my house and then i am i am sated by their compliments their compliments (laughs) include their compliments and the casper together combine to give me the best night's sleep and you too could get a good night's sleep by making people sit on your mattress and asking them what they think of it and reveling in their compliments and then telling them to go away because you're gonna spread out on that delicious Casper mattress and you're going to roll around on it and you're going to enjoy your life with your friends, you know, standing outside the window, tears streaming down their faces, wishing that they could be you, knowing that they could be you if they went to casper.com slash rocket and use the offer code rocket at checkout to get $50 towards any mattress purchase. Yes, your friends could be you and you could help out your friends. Say you already have a Casper mattress, be like, Hey, friendo, you should go to casper.com slash rocket and you can have a great night's sleep just like me. That's what I, I actually literally did. I have a couple friends who are considering getting Casper mattresses and I'm like, offer code rocket. Use offer code rocket, y'all. And you'll have and they also have a bunch of payment plans, which is super cool. Um, But yeah, so Casper makes great mattresses at great prices designed and developed in America, and they now ship to the UK as well as the US and Canada. So that's awesome. You can also try it out for 100 nights. Decide if it's the mattress that you want to spend a third of your life on, which is a ridiculous amount of time, but you do spend that much time in bed. Decide if it's the mattress you want to spend a third of your life on. If you don't love the mattress after 100 days, they'll pick it up and refund you everything. So free 100-day friggin' trial of a beautiful mattress that you'll love. Get $50 towards any mattress purchase again by visiting casper.com slash rocket. Thank you so much, Casper, for your support of Rocket and Relay FM. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's always an emotional journey, Simone. It, it is. is. It's always it is. so good. I don't know where I went just now. Was it okay? It was fantastic. <laughs> it was great. Okay, it was you good. Just black out and give the. Ads. I do. It's I like, don't really uh, remember yeah. where what it's happened. It's like indigo prophecy. Yeah. I was thinking about my mattress. I was stroking my mattress as I spoke, and I'm not. I'm stroking my mattress again right now. But more important than my mattress is the Google event <laughs> that happened. So Google announced a few exciting new products at their event. Um, Do we want to start with the phones? 
Can we start with the creepy and then end with the phones? Because, like, I have a lot to say about the the Google clip like that. Oh, my God. So, oh, okay. the live so streaming the Google, thing, yeah. The Google clip uh, is a, a camera device, basically, that uses machine learning to detect when something cool might be happening. It's focused on taking pictures, helping you take pictures or short videos of pets and children because those are the things that whenever you're holding a camera start to be completely uncute, uh, which is factually proven, according to me, dogs, when they see you holding a camera, are like, oh, I'm going to be gross now um, and turn into a blurry <laughs> hairball. Anyway, yeah. uh, my favorite line from the Google Clip presentation was, it has a light, so everyone knows what it does. Clearly calling uh, back to the Google Glass uh, <laughs> sort of creep, creepo um, thing. But I... This yeah, it's 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 both interesting and creepy all at once, and I'm I'm not quite uh, into it as it I mean, were. <laughs> I can I can imagine bringing it to like, you know, like a party I'm at where Maybe. everyone is going to be there, and you might want to get candid pictures. I can imagine it like that. I can even imagine like putting it in my backyard to like get cute pictures of my dogs and find out what they're doing all day. Mm -hmm. But like hell would have to freeze over before I would put this thing in my house and Google can put lights on it and they can say, we're not recording sound, but it's going to be a cold day in hell before I put a camera in my house, uploading all that information to Google using their machine learning algorithms. I just, I, it's, I don't even feel close to comfortable with that. And, you know, another thing I'll say here, it's like, this is the first thing that happens in the book, The Circle, like in the movie. Like it's literally the product that they, it's literally the product they sell in The Circle is this thing. Yeah. That's hilarious. Like like evil and creepy. Like that's the first hint that like May is in over her head. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I, I never like, and I feel like I'm becoming more and more of like this old gnome who is a technophobe on the show. <laughs> but the again, the idea of introducing this concept of surveillance, and obviously you don't have to have it sitting out all the time watching you, but um but they want you that to. to babies is kind of messed up. I, I do think that it is cool. Like the, the the raw concept of having a camera, like it has machine learning on it like it you teach it by habits to like photograph the things that you want to be photographed which i think is a a really cool concept just in terms of like wow technology has come so far and our camera technology in particular has come so far like that's kind of awesome divorced from the context of surveillance culture yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, I feel like there could be cool things with it. But I, I also feel like even if you're not creeped out, and I think a lot of people will be, it's like, how often would you do this? Like, in I mean, this is obviously very different than Snapchat spectacles. Mm-hmm. But I mean, idiots like me waited in line and bought them. And apparently, Snapchat only only sold 150,000 of them, right? And and most of them were to to jackasses like me who just you know were like in it in it for like the lulls and 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 like I can't see this being a big seller. I don't. I kind of. I still don't see. I mean, what you're talking about, Simone, is is cool, right? Like the fact that it can mm-hmm. use machine learning to figure out what it should be taking photos of and video of, but. I, I still don't see the killer use case of why you would bother with this because mm-hmm. the quality is not that great. It was not. You know? I was really and I again this is a pilot product, but the the demonstrations that they showed were not 
that great and this was at google's keynote so that kind of shows you that yeah, there's a long like, way to like, go which of like, course why there is I, it's, it's like why wouldn't i just get a um a gopro you know mm-hmm. well see christina the thing you don't know about this is it has a light on it oh, so that okay. everyone knows what it does right because because uh. nobody knows what a gopro is at all gotcha okay. yeah yeah so that's just keep that in mind okay fair okay <laughs> What about the uh, the Google Home Mini and the Google Home Max? Um, I think those are cool. I mean, it's it. I think what's becoming more apparent to me is both with the Amazon announcement last week, which we're not even going to have time to talk about, um, mm-hmm. where they showed off a <laughs> slew of new Echo stuff, a new um, a bunch of new you know Alexa powered devices. Also today, Sonos announced um, a, 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 an Alexa powered Sonos. Um, you know, all these new devices from Google in, in the Google Home family. I think it to me it just underscores again how completely overpriced and underpowered at least on the surface the HomePod feels. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Forty nine yeah, dollars for the Google Home Mini and it's cute as heck. I have to say it's super cute. Yeah, if I if if I I personally can't use the Google Home because I have multiple Google accounts and so my Gmail and um, calendar are on a Google Apps account. But my browsing history, my um, music, and my YouTube are on another one, and so I, everything and would fall a, apart. <laughs> exactly. And so, so I would have to choose like one or the other, and I wouldn't want to deal with that. Can so, we unfor- talk about how friggin' hard Google has made it to unify accounts? It's yes. actually impossible if you it have really had an old YouTube account or anything because you can't you can't get rid of them. You can't merge them. Right. It drives it's bad. me not mad. And so for me, what that means is because it's such a pain and I would have to like forward my calendars or do other stuff in a weird way. And like, I'm not going to do that. Um, I have to, I, I can't, I'm not going to bother with the Google Home. Yeah. I'll just, I'll, I'll, I'm an Alexa family. For me, it comes down to security. I mean, yeah. You know, the fair. reason, the, the Pixel, and we'll talk about that in a minute, but the reason I use an iPhone is security. And I just do not trust Google not to sell it or this information to get hacked. It's not even that I doubt Google's intentions. It's that their model is based on collecting as much information about people as possible. And, you know, like I'm running for office. I have to take that stuff seriously. So I, I find this product itself compelling. I think anyone that was honest would say that like Siri is definitely not the best voice assistant out there. But it's just my level of comfort with having either Google or Amazon in my home. I mean, mm-hmm. these look like great products. Uh, but, you know, I feel like now that the reality distortion field has faded a bit, I'm not sure I can justify buying a HomePod. Like, I've always got my Beat, Beat X with me, and I just I don't think it's something I would use more than Siri. I want to kind of quiz you guys. So because, I, again, I am turning into a gnome who wants people to get off her lawn <laughs> Please convince me to not be paranoid about having a digital assistant in my home. Am I okay. going to be spied upon? Am I going to be, are the Russians going to listen to me right as I now, watch no. Riverdale season two on my couch? Oh, I cannot. I'm so excited about Riverdale season two. Um, No, but no, they're not. Because right now, literally, I don't know how it works with Google, but I, literally how Amazon's work. And we know this even from the court stuff that ultimately, you know, they ended up kind of, you know, hunting the whole thing because the guy, um, I guess, you know, confessed or something. They, they, they dropped the lawsuit. But right now, it's only recording when you issue the trigger, um, you know, word. Like, it, it's not doing it all the time. That said, there there's nothing conceivably 
except for terms of service, you know, which they could probably do the updates, you know, really, you know, low key to stop either company from turning that on automatically, um, you know, to, to, to listen to more things. So, I mean, yeah, you are in, in some capacity putting a connected microphone in your house. Uh, that said, I mean, your phone is kind of the same thing. So, because if a company really wanted to, True. or if somebody wanted to hack your phone, uh, which obviously to Bree's point would be more possible on Android than on iOS, but and people have done this, you know, this has happened to dissidents, you know, where where people have hacked their phones, they can remotely turn on the microphones. I mean, that's, there's a reason why in um, in Citizen Four, Snowden was putting his phone in like the like the martini shaker, you know, is putting it in in a place where where even with the Sims out, you know, where it couldn't be kind of read. So. I don't know. I mean, I, I think that you can totally be as paranoid as you need to be about it. I think that there's probably a balance between people like Brie who maybe for their professional, what they're doing, need to take more precautions than other people and, you know, what you're doing in your day-to-day life, like how much of a target you really are. Like, I think there's a certain amount of, of you know, cost-benefit analysis you have to do. But there's – I have no – I have no problem with anybody who's uncomfortable having these things in their homes. Do I like having an Alexa as like a Spotify player? Yeah, I do. But I also don't really have anything personal links to it, if that makes mm-hmm. any sense. Like yeah. I don't have yeah. it, I don't have yeah. work in my calendars because I don't care. Like I really primarily wanted to ask stupid questions on Wikipedia, set timers <laughs> and listen to music. Like the main it's thing is like, that. It's great and, and, that, that. and that's basically yeah. what I want. So it does, it's not paired with anything else, but in, in the back of my mind, am I like, Oh, well this could be listening to me, you know, plan, you know, a heist. Yeah, I guess it could. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Nest was, you know, retroactively, they had the terms of service changed. They started yep. sending all that data to Google. And, you know, I mean, I'm sorry, but like based on that information, they can tell when you're having sex or not right. in your home. I mean, that metadata is not innocuous, right? Like there, there's a lot of stuff there that can be subpoenaed. And, uh, you know, I, I, I do agree with you, Christy, people like me are in more risk, like I'm in a higher risk category than others. But for everyone, that risk is not zero. Now, I'm not saying you can't buy this product. I'm just saying that like, be be aware of it. I I, I think be aware that it's a trade off. But but I do think, you know, one thing to kind of point out and look at some point that the data computational stuff won't be an issue. But for right now, at least the one thing that you have in its favor is that all the information that's being collected, as scary as it is, it you know, we don't have the systems yet, although this will change, that are efficient enough at processing them for people to actually do knowable things. And yeah. I would also say, you know, so that's that's one good thing. I would also say, and this is perhaps a more scary thing to kind of keep in mind, is that even stuff that's not in your home, we're being tracked and metadata is being collected. I mean, look at all yeah. the stories that have said about people, you know, being like like Target knowing they're pregnant before they do because of the things that they buy and 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 the buying habits that happen you know like like we leave a footprint wherever we go so unless mm-hmm. you're willing to live in a ca- unless you're willing to live in a cash only you know kind of society where you're not on the grid the fact of the matter is is that our things follow us and and we have profiles that are interconnected on lots of different levels even if you think that you're not in the Google ecosystem Google still knows a whole lot about you same with any of these other big companies and they can figure out your habits, your intentions, your travel patterns, all kinds of things. So, yeah, you're right. It's less of a Google-specific paranoia and more of like a welcome to 2017 paranoia. 
Uh, just a side note, but there was a story that came out today about the TSA like implementing a pilot program where they're going to use face scanning uh, in airport areas wow, to like, I hate identify. It. Yeah, and I was thinking about you, Simone, when I was talking about campaign. I'm like, we totally don't support this. Yeah, because it's not. just one step. I think it's I yeah. Just in it, I want to get to the phones. So the last I'll say on this, Christine, is I think I also the discomfort when like my shopping habits are so well known by Amazon that like things start showing up in my feed for it and right. it leads to a purchase. But that at least is, I mean, if I'm looking at Oreos and Amazon reminds me to buy Oreos, that is a little more innocuous than say pictures of my home, potential recordings of conversations I have with my husband. Absolutely. You know, like this, it's just a next level for me. Mm-hmm. So uh, that is personally why I would not buy either of these products, uh, even though I'm really excited about the phone we're about to talk about. Yeah, I have actually just one like final sure. Sure. note kind of aesthetically about the things that we saw today and mostly about the home devices is that this, and the de- the daydream as well, this cloth-covered aesthetic that Google is using for a lot of these devices mm-hmm. is so cool, and it's so classy, and I I really, really like it, especially because it, it stands out among everything yeah, else does. from every other tech company, but it doesn't feel, it doesn't feel cheap, and it kind of looks modern, even though it also looks very down-to-earth, and I, I just kind of really appreciate what they're bringing to the table as a totally as a new hardware developer that's cool more cloth please thank you world <laughs> pixel phones google 2 new oh. the, the or the blah, literally the google pixel 2 uh xl and regular sized phone both with the exact same stats um minus obviously the size uh both daydream ready edge to edge display no headphone jack um, All right, and they're bringing a lot of the stuff that uh, that uh, iOS has to the table, such as what they're calling motion photos, which is a lot like live photos. Uh, they have their own portrait mode, which is different from iOS's portrait mode. Um, and something really that I really like called Active Edge, where you just squeeze your phone and it pulls up the assistant. So th- they're making they're making some really pretty pretty phones. Yeah, and and it's waterproof this time, which um, a lot of people rightly criticize the first Pixel for not being. So that's it's finally up to snuff on that. Um, and one of the nice things I think I like about the way they're doing portrait mode because it is similar in a lot of ways to what Apple does, but it also works for the front facing camera. So like on on the iPhone seven and the iPhone eight, and and on the iPhone ten, although I, the iPhone ten has some other tricks, like you can only use portrait mode um, on on the rear camera, and this one it'll mm-hmm. actually work. Um, on A, not just the, the big one. It works on the big one and the small one, and on the iPhone just is on the big one. And B, like it works on the front-facing camera too, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Brianna, uh, you had, you were, you're ready to team switch. I, yeah. I tell you, if I, if I didn't have the extreme privacy concerns, I would absolutely buy this phone. I mean, I think it is, it's sexy, it's thin. Uh, you know, The Verge had a really, uh, deep like look at the software on it. It just it looks like they've sweated the details there. Yep. It just it it looks like a, a really great, sexy, awesome phone. Uh you know the double pixel um you know they have this feature with the camera where they're basically uh doubling up uh the pixel 
uh, information each sensor is getting. And they're applying all these really cool tricks to it. Like it's got the iPhone's portrait mode. Uh, the video The Verge has of them applying uh, like machine learning image stabilization while they're on a motorcycle, like following Ooh. and um, photographing someone. It's stunning. And uh, I'm just going to say it, like, I, I will have to see the iPhone 10 in person and see this in person, but, like, the aesthetic of it looks sexier to me personally. Mm-hmm. So I have to say um, it does to me, too, and I, I yeah. still love iOS, but this is a the, this and the, the Galaxy Note are more exciting to me than the new iPhones, which is a sad feeling to have. Yeah. Fair. What do you guys think of the what do you guys think of the laptop? Oh, I love the it. Pixelbook. You love it. I mean, I could not recommend anyone buy it over the Microsoft like you know, Surface Book. It's right. a thousand dollars. It's a thousand dollars. It starts to start. It starts. To start. Yes, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Clarification. It's six, it goes it's up six, to fifteen hundred dollars. No, it goes up to sixteen fifty if you max it out. Sixteen fifty. Yep. Okay. um okay so i realize you can't do video editing on it you can't and it's got like the video the verge has of it like has all the android apps flip flickering on it because it can't run and i realize i'm the ultimate edge case when i say this but if you're looking for a machine to run linux like at least the past uh you know pixel chromebooks were the sexiest best machines you could buy for that yeah yeah this it's a great linux machine um the only the only use case that I heard from anyone. Ken White uh, was was telling me he was uh, on Twitter. We were kind of having a, a discussion because I was pretty harsh on the on the on the <laughs> Pixel Book. Um, the only use case I, I heard that could p- potentially be useful a would be like like you were saying, Bree, if you were to just you know put the full version of Linux on it, which kind of ruins the purpose a little bit. But but it'd be you would know the drivers would work. But but um, apparently in in the open source version of Chrome OS, Chromium OS, they've been adding support in for uh, like like first class citizen support for virtual machines and for like Docker containers. So theoretically, you could run you know your Dockerized instances or a lot of VMs. Huh. Um, on it, and if you got you know a lot of disk space now and a lot of RAM, it could potentially be a really good machine in that in that instance. So if you do a lot of stuff on Docker um, or, or a lot of VM stuff, it could be a good machine, I suppose. But other than that, I honestly have no idea who this is for. But it looks beautiful. I I, I don't like unless someone with disposable income wants to buy a really sexy thin. Linux laptop because the drivers for Mint don't work super well with the 12-inch MacBook. Uh, yeah, I can't recommend anyone buy it, but it's sexy. So it's like, yeah. So what what would you compare it to? I guess in if I well, I guess since we don't know what it's for or who it's for, we can't really compare it to anything. But I'm thinking like, what what is the laptop that people who they think want this are actually buying <laughs> what well, would be the ipad pro right mm-hmm. like, yeah because you can draw on the thing. screen and everything yeah. and yeah the built-in assistant ios apps i mean it's 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 not going to run the pro apps that the surface book will you know so right that's that's it um okay okay <laughs> <laughs> So, do we want to talk about Google Daydream at all, or are we? Um, Is there anything to say? I don't not think really. it's going to oh, work well, they, like the they, last oh, one will. No, yeah. uh, Pixelbud headphones. Oh, the so pic- they're also those doing the headphones cool. now. Yeah, definitely. And they have a wire, which I kind of dig. Well, there's just like the Beats X. But the cool yep. thing is, 
They do the translation on the fly. Now that, that is awesome. That was actually the coolest thing that they showed. I, I, I kind of agree. Like that to me, I don't know how well it works. I can't wait for it to read the reviews. To me, that is badass. The note like, that, that I wrote sort- down was, okay, that's cool. <laughs> right. Because, well, that's the sort of thing where I look at that. I'm like, okay, you know what? Now you've actually made something really interesting. Mm-hmm. Now, because we've seen a lot of uh, attempts at smart earbuds. Uh, there, there's a company called um, uh, uh, Here um, Listening that's doing some stuff. There are some other companies who are doing all this kind of augmented listening thing. And, and, and they're really good ideas. But the fact that you have, and this is the power of Google, right? Because they have all this machine learning stuff. They have... Um, the ability to kind of do this stuff on, on the fly. The fact that you can do the translate in your earbuds when it's connected to your phone, that's amazing. Like that's, that's next level to me. Cool. I mean, if it works the way that, that, that they show that it does, but even if it, even if it only partially works, mm-hmm. that's a really cool idea because you know it'll get better. And, and to me, like that becomes something that takes it from being like a normal set of like wireless earbuds to being like something if you're going totally to another baller. country – yeah, exactly. If you're going to another country, it could be, you know, like life changing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, w- I think it would be really cool also, like if it could, because, okay, so the use case that they showed was like somebody speaking and hearing a translation. It would also be cool if it could tell you how to reply to a person in their language to a question they asked, which I'm, could could happen. It could happen. All of Google's AR stuff um, with languages is awesome like the the camera yeah. translation still blows oh, yeah, my mind so, so yeah yeah it's yeah, so good i think that this is really cool um final topic actually hold up no wrong blue apron <laughs> is Woo. the number one recipe delivery service which is bringing to you this episode and their ingredients are fresh blue apron's mission is to make incredible home cooking accessible to everyone while supporting a more sustainable food system. No big deal. They're just trying to save the world, whatever. They set the highest standards for ingredients, and they're building a community of home chefs. For less than $10 a meal, Blue Apron will deliver seasonal recipes along with fresh, high-quality ingredients to make delicious home-cooked meals in 40 minutes or less, which is a good amount of time to spend cooking a delicious meal. Each one comes with step-by-step, easy-to-follow instructions and pre-proportioned ingredients. Throw out your measuring cups! And by shipping the exact amount of ingredient required for a recipe, Blue Apron is reducing food waste. That's right. Screw you, food waste. <laughs> Every time I read about food waste, it's one of those things, I'm adding it to my list of things that I can't read about without getting really stressed out. I hate food waste and also climate change. Blue Apron's freshness guarantee promises that every ingredient in your delivery arrives ready to cook, or they will make it right. That's right. Brianna, you've been yes. super busy lately. <laughs> I have. I have. Actually, I I was actually just talking to someone the other day who had the same experience as you, where they like learned to cook from Blue Apron. And I, it's so, I like think a really big part of it is like so what you're cool talking about when they mind. give you like the actual ingredients. Like you're not seeing they're measuring stuff. It's like you just dump in this entire packet of whatever you call it. Like most of the skills it teaches you are like uh, like I never knew this to to crack open immense garlic. You don't like crack open the shell. You put your knife on it and then. 
bam, you bam the knife as hard as you can with your fist. And it just cracks the garlic open and boom, you've got it there and you just mince it. Makes it's a like difference. teaching you a thousand little tricks like that. Mm-hmm. That's my favorite thing to do, by the way, is just mince <laughs> garlic. Yeah. Love it. Uh, you vampire. can choose from a, a variety of new recipes each week or let Blue Apron's culinary team surprise you. You could cook meals like, okay, it's time for me to just uh, firm up, firm up cheesy chicken and black bean enchiladas with salsa verde. Spiced cauliflower and pepper with jasmine rice and cilantro yogurt sauce. Maple gravy smothered pork chops with stewed collard greens and sweet potatoes. And shrimp marinara with spaghetti, spinach, and parsley. I don't eat seafood. But, you know, for you people who love the shrimp, shrimp marinara with spaghetti, spinach, and parsley. Oh my god, that sounds amazing. You want me to say it again? Yes. Shrimp marinara with spaghetti, spinach, and parsley. There's no weekly commitment, so you only get deliveries when you want them. You can look at this week's menu and get three meals free with your first purchase and free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash rocket. You can feel the goodness and the good tastes of creating amazing home-cooked meals in 40 minutes or less with Blue Apron. Get started today. Once again, blueapron.com slash rocket. Thank you so much, Blue Apron, for your support of Rocket and Relay FM. I'm hungry again. Even when I eat, <laughs> even when I eat before we record, it, I get there and I'm like, I want that. I want the cheesy enchiladas with black beans and salsa verde. <laughs> I want that shrimp like spaghetti. Like that sounds so good. Okay, whatever, Christina. I know you don't like shrimp. I don't really care. I'm I'm into it. So. <laughs> I'll pick the shrimp out of my spaghetti and give them to you. Hell yeah. Um, so we were going to talk a little bit about Equif- Equifax. And I. it's a very serious topic. But I first wanted to start with a palate cleanser of the woman who was dressed up as the Monopoly guy at the hearing. <laughs> yes, that <laughs> is amazing. I love that. That is my favorite thing today. Yeah, also no, totally. nearly 146 a million, Amer- a million Americans. A million Americans. <sighs> Had their privacy violated by a, a very preventable hack. Uh, yes, but uh, and, and, and and the C the, and the retired CEO. Let, let, let's oh, know that yeah. he took he took <laughs> retirement. He wasn't fired. Is going to walk away with ninety million dollars. This killed me when I was reading about the hearing. It was like it. He no longer works for Equifax, and I was like, "Yeah, he got fired." And then the next no. line is like, "He recently retired," and I was like, "Are you freaking kidding me?" <laughs> yeah, no, that was my favorite part. That, that all all the people that they're trying to blame for this, and and he was trying to blame like six different people, you know. And oh, I, the book stops at me, but really it was this other guy, you know. And I'm like, <sighs> okay, I'm like, really, dude? Like, you just took a retirement package that your board or whoever agreed to give you ninety million dollars. Shut up. Get out. Yeah, Leave for real. me alone. So what I think was most disgusting, like there are so many levels of disgusting about Equifax. I mean, it wasn't last night when, uh, you know, I'm looking and they are blaming the entire uh, you know, breach on one employee, like trying to pawn it off on someone else as if it's not a structural problem at their company uh-huh. and their CEO isn't still accountable. I couldn't think it was any grosser what this company was doing until you saw them 
take advantage of the massacre in Las Vegas and use it to bury news about more like, oh, whoops, we underestimated how many people had their information stolen. So we're updating this number is now 45% of all of America, including every child that's here. I mean, it's just so every bit of this is so stomach churning. And the thing that gets me the most, there is no one, no consumer in America that chooses to have a business relationship with Mm -hmm. them. This is a company, their business model is to get as much information about Christina, about Simone, about me, about my husband, and put it all out there for people to buy and check it with. And that's, uh, and they they get all this info about me and then they recklessly endanger all of us. And reckless is absolutely the word here. This isn't a technically sophisticated hack. Like this was just unbelievable gross negligence of not patching a known vulnerability that was very easy to exploit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, mm-hmm. this is not, as far as I can tell from talking to lawyers about this, this isn't like criminal liability here just terrible by god is it civil liability yeah definitely well and what's so frustrating to me a you know they knew for nearly two months about the vulnerability and didn't patch it which which in and of itself like even for for a big company they had enough time but here's what gets me all right and 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 it's a fairly easy thing to patch you know not to say that it wouldn't have taken time but they definitely had two months to do it right yep you know they had the they had the resources but they were storing all of this in plain text. And this, yeah. I don't think, was really hit on enough because, you know, the people, this is why we need you in Congress, Brie, the people there don't know to ask the technical questions. Here's the thing. If you want to do business credit card transactions in the United States, you have to be what's called PCI compliant. And you have to follow a ton of rules about how you store data. And companies get in big trouble for it and get fined for it. I don't understand how to, to how to accept a credit card. Your payment processor has to be PCI compliant and all of your numbers have to be encrypted in a certain way and stored on different servers and have all this stuff going on. How that has to be a requirement to run a credit card transaction. But the company, one of the, 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 the largest brokers of information in the country, who, as you said, Bree, we do not choose to have a business relationship with. We are forced to, if we want to have credit, which is part of modern society, how that company can get away with storing vital information that is used for so many things and, and we can debate whether it should or shouldn't be or not but the fact is it is and they don't, they don't have to be held to the same requirements to store you know mil, you know more than 100 million social security numbers they don't have to be held to the same standards as companies that process a credit card like i don't understand how that how, how that even exists and how that they're just like absolved in some way and that there isn't a criminal statute there should be one that says if you're not storing information that is this sensitive in a manner, in, if you're storing it in plain text, that you don't get, I, I think it should be a criminal fine. I, I at the very least, like you said, a civil you I, know, liability. I would be entirely mm-hmm. open to looking at criminal, like criminalizing but, 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 this. Yes. But what I would say is, you know, it it wouldn't be helpful for the government to come in and set like a bunch of infosec standards because the instant Congress passes that law, like things are going to change. What sure. we can do is set a reasonable standard through arbitration because InfoSec does have best practices of which rule one since the freaking 80s has been (laughs) don't store stuff in plain text. Exactly. Like salt and hash it. So we can like say, are you following best practices for the industry? Are you doing the bare minimum? Right. And you know, the truth is like, okay, so 
the facts have not all come today on this, but Christina, back me up because I know you're going to agree here. When all is said and done, I know what we're going to see. We're going to find an environment at Equifax where you have InfoSec people that were probably pulling their hair out, asking for support, asking yep. for more hires, asking for money for more money for inf- you know infrastructure because there's not a a, a, a first year college grad in InfoSec that would not store stuff that wasn't in plain text. Like there's no one that would do that. It's like this has to be a like huge management issue here. Yeah, no, and and, and and it has to go way, way, way back. I mean, and yep. again, that's why the fact that the, the CEO, this former CEO, you know, retired CEO, <laughs> you know, is, is oh, well, it stops with me, but then he's trying to blame a bunch of other people. It's like, yeah, no, it should stop with you, and we should be yeah. investigating the entire management chain, and we should yep. also be looking way back into how are they doing these things. Yep. I also think that while we're, uh, you know, uh, rightfully, you know, like raking Equifax through the coals, even though the IRS just signed a $7.5 million contract without any other bidders <laughs> with them, I think we should be looking at the other credit agencies, TransUnion and, and and the other one whose name I can't think of. And we need to, They, I think that at this point, it is fair game to say they need security audits and that they need to show yeah. the public that they are safe. Like, I, I don't think there's any legal way that we could force that, but I feel like we should, as a public, start demanding that. Because if you are, if, if we as a society are going to be forced to use certain identifiers to be responsible for so many things, and now the, this information, we can't trust the government to protect it because... Um, you know, a couple years ago, um, a, a ton of um, government applicants, their social security numbers were released, right? The, and now 146 million um, people have had their data breached. We, if we, we can't trust this information to be used, then we need to start, um, you know, or to be secured, we need to start saying that places that, that collect and, and collate this need to prove that they can be trustworthy as long as this is going to be the basis for identification. Mm-hmm. So, so was something I, I was going to showed this to you privately, Christina, but I'll, I'll tell it to you on the show. And I'd, I'd love feedback from Rocket listeners about this. Um, you know, my campaign is going to be putting out a plan to upgrade social security numbers because the truth is basing your identity on like, you know, a few numbers and then your birth date. It's just a joke. Like yeah. there is, it's, it's time to like get real and update that. And you know, what we're talking about doing is upgrading your social security number to your social security and privacy number. And instead of like a little cardboard card with some numbers on it, uh, you know, you'll get a card with a chip in it uh, that will have some very weak computational power in it if you hook it up to power. And basically, you'll have like a public key and a private key. Your your public key will be stored in the card where it's very hard for you to actually access. And you'll have a private key. It will be like a, a number that's as long as a phone number uh, for you to remember. Or you could also like put it in biometrics. Uh, but like the basic idea with it is I think if you're opening up a new account, let's say I open up an account with Bank of America. Um, you know, Microsoft, if Microsoft is like signing some code, you have to generate a certificate for that. Like, so people can tell this is yours, you've authorized it. I think that like consumers should have that same power to like say, okay, I have a relationship with uh, Bank of America. I'm signing this code. I'm trusting them. And I think that these big financial credit agencies, I think that they should have to go out and get this, this like certificate from you and store it encrypted within that certificate. So when something like Equifax happens, you can actually go through and revoke that, where it's giving you control over that. When something is like a a massive breach, you can choose to like end that relationship. 
And, you know, there's no reason, like, it, it gets into, like, an issue of, like, who's going to be doing, like, the, you know, the certificate checks. And I imagine, like, working with somebody like Microsoft to set up a big, you know, like, um, structure for that. You could do that. But I think, like, we've got to think, we've got to give consumers more control over their own information. Because right now, it's just a free-for-all. Do you know what I yeah. mean? Mm-hmm. No, I totally agree. And I really like that idea. And I hope that, that our listeners will give feedback on that. But you're right. Like, I, we, 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 need to, we need to start somewhere. And, and even if it takes a long time uh, for, for action to happen, we need to start talking about alternatives. Yep. Here, here. All right. Well, that was a delicious dessert of rage. That'll power me through the night. Uh, yep. What are we up to this week? Uh, I'm flying out to uh, <laughs> New Yorker Tech Fest tomorrow, where Woo-hoo. I'm going to be uh, giving a speech on internet harassment, which is my least favorite wow. subject. But I'm hoping I'm hoping to talk a bit about this cybersecurity proposal while I'm there. <laughs> Yay, Christina, what about you? Um, so um, I uh, started a new uh, a, a new job this week at Microsoft. I'm now, um, as you heard from the, at the top of the show, a senior uh, cloud developer advocate, and I'm going to be working a lot more with the Channel Nine team and with the Docs team and with all the other CDAs, kind of creating video um, and, and being on camera and interviewing people and doing all kinds of stuff um, uh, across our division, which is super fun. So I'm just kind of getting ramped up on the new job, and 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 uh, it's really exciting. I'm, I'm really really thrilled to be doing this. Um, my last team was great, and it was a great experience. But this, I'm really excited about what I'm going to be able to do. So, yeah. Can I can I ask for a request with like the 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 content that you make because you were yeah. putting this out on Facebook? Yeah. yeah. Microsoft has been working on enterprise like cloud level security for longer than anyone else like well sure. maybe that's not true but certainly well, well, you've been one there, of the yeah. biggest longest players absolutely uh, i want to see content out there about like your security stuff because like from okay. my perspective i'm going like okay how do we build this big server architecture like could microsoft do this what what is their technology they've got behind that yeah you know, i was watching like google open source some uh like udp uh you know second authentication like open protocols i would love to know more about what microsoft has been specializing in since the 90s like you yeah, guys no, are that's, awesome that that's a fantastic um uh, point I, I will bring that up to the to, to the people in Yay. charge and uh <laughs> and, and and we'll try to make that a priority because i think you're right security definitely all up at microsoft people that's a microsoft term people are like all up it means like <laughs> all the way to the top people really care about it but i think you're right and this is an opportunity to start telling those stories more. And also, you know, like I now in my new role, I'm going to have the opportunity to kind of go to the smartest people around and kind yes. of knock on their doors and ask them questions to me like, hey, talk to me about this. How does this awesome. work? Is it going to oh, be weird God. just like talking to the mirror all the time? <laughs> no, I, hey. I trust me. Tr- you're very sweet. Trust me. Trust me. No, 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 no. I will not be talking to the mirror. Uh, there, I, I'm humble to be working with so many intelligent people. I'm going to learn so much. I'm really excited. Yay. Cool. Well, this week, uh, I'm still working on video stuff, and I'll be going to some days of New York Comic Con this weekend. Um, I am not on the the entertainment team, so I will I will be doing less of that uh, than perhaps some people at my work. But I, I will be checking that out a bit and just keeping on making ridiculous, <laughs> ridiculous videos 
that the internet oh oh god no and my other podcast um, i was gonna say it's on twitter now right yeah we're gonna be on twitter live starting next week so awesome oh my god yeah it's huge (laughs) totally spaced on that that actual big development in my life yeah i know Um, i saw that this morning i was like hell yeah that's that's huge yeah it's gonna be really really great and um I, I I think it's I think it's gonna be really fun because our, our fans are amazing. Oh. Um where of course like there's always I guess some nervousness associated with like putting it all out on Twitter, but I, I think we have a really good audience for that show. And <laughs> Twitter um, is great. Yes. <laughs> They're great. I am actually genuinely excited because I I feel so insulated by my fans and everything. So I'm I'm pretty oh. pumped about it. Yeah. I love it. Hey! All right. Well, where can we find you online, Brie? Uh, Space Cat Gal on Twitter. Heck yeah. Christina? You can find me at film underscore girl on the Twitters, the Instagrams, the Snapchats, which I'm really on these days, etc. Oh, baby. You can find me at Doom Quasar on Twitter and at YouTube.com slash Polygon. And you can find your friends and tell them about our great show and that they should give it a listen. Give it a lark. Give it a looky-loo. Um, don't look at it. It's just a podcast. You'll be sitting there watching it, you know, watching the the little timer. It's not a timer. What's what's it called? The little bar that indicates your position in the podcast. Don't watch that. Just listen. Just use your ears. It's going to be fine, guys. You'll really enjoy it. Um, and then give it a I, good rating. I will say, if you have to bump it down to four stars, because Christina didn't get trashed and arrested at yes. Disney World, <laughs> I will understand. Uh, yeah, well, just, will, just, yeah. Just make sure that you leave that as your reason in the comments, <laughs> yeah. because I want to I want to know, because the, the only way that I will learn is if I'm shamed appropriately. So We so, would like to be know. review bombed for Christina's failure to get arrested at Disney World. Yeah. And I think that that's real. only fair. So I agree. It's so it's completely fair. Yes. Thank you for again taking responsibility for your actions. This episode of Rocket is terminated. 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 Terminated.